p.m. Every Sunday, Tom's always about the culture. Do I'm sculpture, recording every Friday. So here with our way, no need to catch a flight away. Be tuned for our take. Trying to feed black people, how crazy! That, see, see? <laughs> now y'all want to come at me when the when the music go off. I'm the oh god, yo. No, I think it'd be wavy though. I think, but if, if it, it all depends on one. It depends on the weekend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the location would be perfect, but what, how are we gonna drop it? Is the question. It has to be flyer. I think it's just no. Like, I mean, oh, it's like, gonna okay. be a flyer, but like, is it telling location? Mm-hmm. Is it just dropping a flyer? No location. Well, if you do the opposite, somebody's gonna catch it on some some social and be be tight with like, where's the invite? And you know me, I always get this. Somebody always gets me a word. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I think I think maybe without the location. So they gotta ask for the location. Mm-hmm. Mm. Tell people to follow the pod; they can find it. <laughs> yeah, or listen to the pod. Listen yeah. to the pod. Like, rate, review, subscribe. There we go. Matter of fact, let's start do that. Up, start off the Let's podcast, off. You can get the location. When you leave a comment, oh wait, location, of, location of what? Uh, the cookout is coming. This is so you, y'all are basically tuning into the end of our planning meeting before we started the pod. Facts. This is episode what? Fifty one. Fifty one. Fifty one. I put fifty one. No, fifty two. Fifty two. This is episode fifty two. Um, so that means they get they get to we busy man. Right. <laughs> forget. That means before episode, I'm trying to think. This is March. So before episode seventy. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a big event to celebrate, God willing, with everything going yes, on yes, and uh, the world is open and safe. Um, but, you know, a, a big event coming to celebrate and we're super excited. Um, so planning has started um, and begun on that. But what we wanted to say is that we definitely want to celebrate the pod. But in order to do that, we, we definitely need the engagement from the folks that listen. So continue to like, rate, review, subscribe. And allow the pod to grow so that we can, you know, have a joyful moment to celebrate. So if you listen in on Spotify, which many of you claim you do, but I know y'all got iPhones. So make sure y'all go turn on Apple Podcasts and leave a comment. Um, I'm saying that early in the pod so I don't forget later. You know how many of our listenerships on Spotify, allegedly? Like 20%. That's what I'm saying. Like we have the data. So I don't, I don't understand. I really, no, I'm just really check right now. I really, I think it's been going down, like, in terms of just being more people switching to Apple. Everybody's so, Apple. y'all are on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, it's 19%, bro. Niggas is- <laughs> and maybe y'all, y'all, y'all turn it off after you hear the last song. That's why I said it at the beginning of this episode. So, we mm-hmm. good. Comment. Do it while you're listening. Comment. Facts. Do it while you're listening. If you're not driving, do it while you're listening. Sure. No excuses. Here we go. Here we go. It's been a wild week. It's been a good week. It's been a good week, but. A lot going on this week. I feel like every day was like a. It felt like one of that um, little calendar thing people did for uh, twenty twenty, which like every month was something new, crazy. Mm. I felt like that this week. Like every day, you wake up and, and um, another wild story just dropped. Yeah, it's a lot, but I mean, I think slowly the weather is getting warmer here. Um, for some places, it's already been warm, but the world is opening back up slowly. Restrictions are being loosened. Slowly, I thought it they they already opened. I don't. I don't know. I my yeah. world hasn't opened. I would say yeah. I mean, it's open if you want it to be open. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Okay, that's valid. You know, if you live in open, then it's open. If it's not, then it's not. 
right now. But yes, yeah, so, so most more states are becoming more like you know 100% capacity. Let's just see, you know, let it run, let it you know let people mm-hmm. roam free. Uh, as far as like you know legality wise, um, some have had successes with it, some have some haven't. But yeah, I think everyone just adjusting. But by the end of summer, I mean I think 100%. Like you said, not even end of summer. I think we talked about it last week. June, June first, yeah, like everyone, especially with uh, if vaccine is supposed to be available to everyone like April fifth, maybe even May. Like you're gonna be like, okay, this is open to everything. Is that just? I know Connecticut has. Oh, that. Yeah. Is that every? Is that nationwide? No, nationwide. No, I, I think, think it was April. nationwide. Nationwide was May. I thought. Like I, thought I thought Biden said that. But he was directing states to have it by April fifth for everybody or May. I, I don't think I don't think he. Could, I think that was a suggestion because I don't think he could require that if there's no vaccines. Like if they just don't have enough. No, that's what he's been doing. He's been pushing. Yeah, I think I think it was he was saying that by May fifteenth, by May fifth, like there was like an estimation that like fifty or sixty percent of the population would be vaccinated or something, and that would just be a majority, and so they'll have more vaccines available to people in general mm-hmm. because they don't need to give out as many as before. Um, so yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Hi yeah, hi yeah. This week, busy. Yeah, of course. Crazy, wow. Yeah, I'm just mad my allergies come back, and now back That's to the toughest scene. To be honest, I gotta go see my doctor and my ENT again so he can get this fixed up, and so I can live a peaceful life. <laughs> allergies change per season, right? Uh, no, but not not mine. Mm. But maybe some people's. That'd be kind of strange, but I have the same problem. It's always my sciences, and I get whatever clogged up on that type of stuff. Mm. Terrible time. It's a beautiful time of year, but terrible time for my sciences. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Uh busy week. Busy week. I had like this little like data science, like coding type of assessment interview on Wednesday. And I no, I think I did a really good job. But when every time I have like a take home assignment type thing and I have like quote unquote this long range of time to work on it, I become a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. Like I fig- I, I just figure out every like once I'm done and I look through, I'm like, nah, I could change this, I could change this, I can make this better. And I get caught up in my work. So I think Wednesday, I think I got it Wednesday. Um, and it had started at around like maybe 4 p.m. And I took a break and started up again at like 7. I couldn't finish by 12. What time did I finish, Mike? Like 4. A.M.? Mm. Yeah, because I, I was being perfectionist with my data. I was writing writing paragraphs explaining why I use this statistic, why this is better, this classifies better. And they don't tell people that before you get into data work. You yeah. Know how to write about what you're doing. And I, that for me, that was one of the harder parts. Um, doing research and data management and all that type of stuff. You really have to keep your own data journal because you will forget what you did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you will go, try to go back and understand why you did this, but for this reason or why you made this variable, whatever you're doing. Exactly. You know why you made these changes for what reason and how it relates to your research and your it's it's meticulous. And, and, that, and that was me like coding and writing notes as I'm coding. And I'm just like, oh my god. Uh, yeah, yeah. I write my writing, or I just scribe mm-hmm. right there with a the, uh, pound sign. Yeah, like yeah, I changed this because this down the third. I couldn't find any data representation, so I just manipulated this to create that variable and. Yeah, uh, it's a lot going. It's a lot to do what we we'll do, see. but you know what? On the good news, I think I, I was thinking about it earlier today. That I might go on and learn some like Python classes or. Let me know. You know, I'm trying to do like a web based business. I think. I think that'd be a good idea, bro. When I tell you how many people hit me for like web related services that I just don't have the time. You can start. You can dead, a couple of LLC Twitter. We about to have right here. You can start it right now. You know, Stevens. You know, computer whatever. WS consultant, <laughs> web service consultant. Listen, and man, it. I've been. I've been. I've been doing a lot of uh, planning for my future skill sets after graduation. Um, I have a list of things I'm going to, like, get myself into. One of the ones that – I'll tell the pod, but I'm gonna, I've been, like, listening and doing like, these small, like, voice acting things just to see, you know, what my potential will be. And I think I got it, Loki. 
I'm gonna do it. Oh, so you should run their next ad then. Huh? You should run right. their next ad. I don't know about that yet. See, they always be deferring to somebody else. This dude about to be a whole voice actor. No, I would try because it's funny. They actually one of the only rooms I think I still like pay attention on Clubhouse had the voice acting room. They have like pretty good sessions. The dude has like a website that breaks a lot of things down. Um, if it wasn't for COVID, I was gonna take a voice acting class at UConn for free. I was just gonna finesse it. Because um, I'm a grad student, we could just take any class at UConn. Oh, because you got those elective. Exactly. Elective. I would I would have taken one. I think that'd be dope. Um, let me put me on the boondocks, yo. Let's go. Give me a character. <laughs> that would be fire, though. Know what I'm yeah, you can make a lot of money doing that. So I don't mad people who try to do their own animated shorts and stuff like that. But even if you just pick up a commercial here and there, ad if you could, like you were good enough, that's a quick that's a quick check. Yeah, <laughs> literally, so that works for me. Yo, slide me the link. <laughs> <laughs> Be, I got you, I got you. But yeah, that's what I was thinking about on top of just different web things I'll create. Like you, you seem like me with the uh, power rankings for yeah. our fantasy thing. Like I just sit there and be like, yo, I can probably like flesh this out to make something really kind of dope. Yeah, you just hash on the side. So yeah, don't, I'm, don't let me, I'm not going to go on a tangent, but I got a lot of mini side projects I'm going to start off once it's like time gets a little bit more freer. That's valid. Get my GitHub popping. Exactly. What? Your what? My, GitHub. My GitHub is mm-hmm. where people host their code. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah it's like that's, that's beyond me. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, on there Stack Overflow, Stack Overflow, oh, yeah, 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 I'm on there, bro. My tabs for Stack Overflow never close, bro. <laughs> Yo, all right, let's all ask. I know we getting off. Yeah, yeah man, it sounds very right. audience price on right. man nerdy. The audience, <laughs> <laughs> but like Stack Overflow, they give so much attitude sometimes in their answers. <laughs> they be really condescending, but they yeah. give me the right answers. So Those dudes are geniuses. Yeah, they are. They are. Like, first of all, this was answered three years ago, but I'll entertain it. <laughs> <laughs> man, that's a great website. I wouldn't be where I am today without it. Thanks. How you doing, Corey? How's your four jobs? Man, I think job about to, job number three is about to start. And I'm I'm super excited. Um, I get to umpire uh, baseball, so yes, the weather I get to be outside. So hopefully that all starts as planned. I think it's a little bit delayed because of obviously everything going on with the pandemic. Mm-hmm. But I'm super excited about that to be around. Uh, the young ones see them grow and develop, and sometimes they get frustrated. But you know, seeing them, you know, grow from the beginning of the season to the end of the season, uh, dudes that wasn't swinging a bat, and now all of a sudden they they hitting ground balls and stuff. What so. age range is it? Seven six. Um, so anywhere the league is anywhere between, I want to say, t ball starts at around three or four, mm-hmm. and then the major leagues uh, goes to around twelve, thirteen. Okay. So uh, anywhere between. You do all those games? Uh, like T-ball, I don't think T-Ball usually has officials uh, yeah, sort of work with the parents and the coaches and everything like that. But anywhere between like age 7 to age 12. And when you start refing in a sport, do you always, do you always have to start off with the youth? Like um, tip, typically, uh, just because, you know, they don't want you getting in those situations at, right, at the high, high school, school level, level where, where it's very that, serious. Exactly. Yeah. A parent. Also do state games. Exactly. exactly. Especially baseball. I wouldn't want to do high school just because baseball is a sport where it's not a lot of points given. So every run matters. Like every call seems to, to matter mm-hmm. like crazy. So it's not something I would want to do. But high school, but basketball, obviously, you know, I do that. So um, excited. I think AAU starts Basketball starts soon, so I get to do a little basketball. Cause I didn't get, I didn't hey, do it this season, this season. Um, so a couple more jobs coming. Yeah. Um, but I'm excited about the weather, and that means you know the high school boys are balling right now, right? I seen them. Shout out to them boys at Capital Prep, man. I think they're still undefeated. Oh, for real? Yeah. Are they really? I think so. I, every day, every other day, I see Quincy put up um, a picture, yo, and they blowing out somebody. Granted, they class S. So you know how I feel about class S schools. But. They did. I thought they were M now. Are they? I think they're M now. I don't know. 
Maybe I there's maybe there's still us. I don't know, but uh, yeah, the high school season is going on. I don't think there's a state tournament. Uh, there is conference. Every, all, you have right. all your conference tournaments, and they're going on right now. Uh, so shout out to all those folks. Uh, my cousin just won their first round game. I'm in the SEC yesterday. Uh, so shout out to to those girls, and you know that's all I've been doing. Looking forward to all this stuff that's coming up. But like Steven said, you know, you feel like you don't have time for nothing. Somebody called me this morning for a project, and I said, "Bro, I want to, but I can't." Like I just can't fit it in, and so beast. yeah, they're eleven zero. First in Capital Region. Are they are they S or M? Uh, oh, Max Prep changed their website. That's crazy. Steven so said I ain't been up there since I was a soccer. Right, yo, know, I did. <laughs> he said you guys are there. That's how it used to be. Yeah, I think they're still S. I don't. I'll check another time. Oh yeah, yeah. But shout out to them undefeated, regardless of what your class is. You undefeated. Um, and keep doing it. That's the wrong one. <laughs> it's that one. It's this one. It's yeah. No, it's not. They <laughs> Changed it. That's crazy. I'm just gonna give him air horns. You know? <laughs> we moving on. We moving Soundboard, on. Sounds board's been updated. Um, but yeah, that's it. That's it. So now moving into what are we talking about for cocktail hour this week? Cocktail hour. Are we talking about old girl in the Uber. Oh yes, the video. Yes. Uh, so there's been a video circulating. Where you said it was L.A., right? I want, I'm pretty sure it's L.A. Yeah, I'm pretty okay. sure, too. L.A., where there were a group of uh, young women in an Uber. Um, they looked like they were coming from an event or a party or something. Something. Uh, but ultimately, they got into an Uber. Uh, the Uber was Uber driver was wearing a mask. Uh, he insisted that them as riders in the Uber wear a mask as well for protection from COVID-19. Which, he might, offer, which might also be Uber's policy, too. Exactly. I'm not sure what Uber's policy is, but I believe. I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case. Yeah, um, he offered to drive them to the gas station, if I'm not mistaken, to purchase masks um, before the ride continued, uh, which they uh, apparently declined. And it led to a physical altercation in which uh, one of the passengers ended up assaulting. Cause that w- that's what it would be, right? Yeah, yeah. essentially, yeah. Essentially assaulting like the driver. That's what you get charged with. Cough, coughing. She um, pulled his mask off and yep, coughed. Yep. Um, and I th- yeah, so she was arrested. or I think multiple of the passengers were arrested. I think two of them. Yep, two. Two of them, yeah. Of One of them was actually just, I mean, she didn't help to yeah, the issue, but she was just sending her on her phone, ha-ha, Yep. Yeah. Uh, so. I would have been too. What, what, what were y'all thoughts on that? So I sent y'all a video um, when I saw it, because I was like, we got to talk about this real quick, but what are y'all thoughts? You would be so corny, yo. Like, I, I, I mean, just watching that whole video, I could tell she thought she was doing something. Like, she thought she was, you know, head honcho, you know, bad shit, you know, I do whatever the fuck I want, this, that, and the third in a bag of chips. Like, you can tell that's her bravado. And I, I don't even want to bring it here, yo, but you can tell when uh, certain individuals been hanging around black individuals so much that they think they can embody mm-hmm. a certain type of um, persona. And they, take what they, what they the, think blackness is. Exactly, yeah. and take it to some other level, which is extremely unnecessary. That's, that's to be accepted. Yeah. yeah, like, she reminded me of, like, girls I would see in high school that weren't black that thought there was this, that, and the third in a bag of chips. Like, nah. <laughs> So, or felt like they were, like you just said, was um, representing that type of persona. Uh, so I just thought it was corny. I, but I think, I, first of all, I applaud the driver for his just level exposure. Because mm-hmm. if somebody grabs my phone and starts this, that, and the third, like hitting me and it's pulling off my mask, I'm, I'm going to be clear. I don't care where we are. I'm probably going to open my, turn off the car, and I'm going to drag you out my car, and I'm going to just leave you there. I'm not going to hit you. Not, I'm just dragging you out. You're not, you're not going to do that in my car. And I don't got time to wait for the police to come over and come get you. I, I will drag you out the car for sure, guarantee. Um, that's and that, that's a promise. That's not even that's a promise. 
Uh, so kudos to him for keeping his cool because that level of egregious like coughing and this that that's ridiculous to me. It's literally like, that, that that almost warrants a smack in the face. Like how dare you mm-hmm. cough on me during COVID? Come on, stop it. Uh, and after pulling off your mask, I don't, well, I don't think that they probably didn't know that he was recording. I think all Ubers have that now. Well, yeah, yeah, I don't think I don't he think he was that. actively recording. I think he just had the device, the device sort of stationed Uber. on. Oh. Yeah. Uber's having a lot of those problems where people. The Uber driver bringing them to suspect places, and people allegedly like their Uber drivers getting kidnapped. So I think a lot, a lot of Ubers have that. Now. Yeah, they're gonna have to treat them like truck drivers. Truck drivers, you can't do anything. <laughs> you know, got to go to certain speed and this and third. Go there and back. But but even if it's not a policy, I think you know I would encourage other people that do Uber, whether it's Uber, Uber Eats, whether it's Grubhub, whatever mm-hmm. you know delivery service that they're doing. I think having being able to monitor that experience with the recording is is crucial with everything that's going on. Literally, yeah. So. Uh, just a disgusting thing. I heard she got twenty years. Sounds about right to me. Twenty years? Yeah. She faces up to twenty years. Faces up to yeah. Wow. So she could be. Mm-hmm. She probably get like maybe like a quarter of that. Maybe that maybe yeah. maybe even like a tenth. Yeah. That's still that's still a good good amount of year. But again, all these things happen in in a split second. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, I think it's like a too school too cool for school mindset. Like, oh, I don't need a mask. You know, I'm good. And yeah. I think again, a lot of times people feel that it's for their own person. But a lot of times, you wearing a mask is not for you. Mm-hmm. It's for the people around you. It's for your friends. It's for the driver. It's for, you know, the driver. We don't know. Maybe he takes care of his elderly mother or, like, whatever the case. Yeah. Or he has kids or whatever. Or he was high risk. Yeah. Or he was high risk in some way, shape, or form. So it's not necessarily about you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the same reason I wear masks. Like, I'm younger. If I got it, you know, I would likely recover. But it's for when I go see my grandmother. It's for when I'm around my parents. It's for when I'm around y'all. And I think, you know, we have to be conscious of that. Yeah. It's also just weird. Like, why would you have saw a man like that um, in general? Um, every time I watch it, because I'll keep thinking about the friend who in the middle who didn't do anything. But, like, yeah. the main assailant, <laughs> the young woman, I don't, I don't know her name. Um, You're not relevant. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no publicity here. Uh, but yeah, the main assailant, like, she escalated that so fast that, yeah. like, what can you do if you already reached over the car? Like, I don't think no one's expecting her to do that, do all that violent stuff. Yeah, that's what I'm and saying. then, extra. And as soon as he, she grabbed his property, tried to take his phone, took his mask off, all that stuff. And then now everyone's like, oh, you can't be put your hands on a, like a woman and stuff like that. But, like, you know, you can't assault someone too at the same time. Um, Come on, people. And it's unacceptable both ways. And so, I don't know. It's, it's just like. We have to, I don't, maybe, I think maybe people have been spending too much time apart from each other because we don't know how to act in a certain situation anymore where we like, we have to be understanding, like Corey said, be understanding and recognize, like, geez, do something at least, you know, for once. And like, and if we don't do it often in your life for sympathy for other people and concern for other people. Um, and like, just, it's, you know, I don't know, like, we as a species need to learn more conflict resolution skills because, like, it just, we can't keep living like this. People go from one fight to the next fight to the next altercation to the next incident, and it just keeps piling up, and then nothing ever gets resolved, or you keep finding yourself back in these situations. And then we always have, I encourage people to really ask themselves, what is this all for? <laughs> like, you know, you could have just, like, you know, what what is probably going to do for you? But you don't want to look like you're weak. Well, I'm not going to say any of the other words, you know what I mean? But you don't want to look like you're weak or, like, like, you know, whatever. I don't even know what the situation was even about, you know? All because they asked you to do something out of respect, so. Yeah, we got to do better, no matter how old or young you are. But we got to find better ways of just being better people for ourselves and for other people, too. She's supposed to have a follow-up video after that first video, right? I don't know. Did you see that one, Corey? Mm-mm. Where she posted another video up talking shit. She was, I yeah, I saw, I, saw, I saw one of them. 
Um, but it's not like that chick. Uh, what's her name? Bad Barbie or something? Or Bad Bunny? Bad, no, 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 no. Bad Barbie. Oh yeah, that's a that's, <laughs> that's a, <artist. laughs> that's a yeah, rapper. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's all I'm thinking about. <laughs> uh, I never bad the the uh, Barbie. Yeah, oh, baby, the, or whatever. The white girl that she was um, Doctor Phil. Remember? Catch you outside. Yeah, catch you outside. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's real rapper. Now. You're bad, baby. I don't know if that's for sure rapper. I think she just changed her name for fun. Uh, I think throwing around with rappers very uh, that's too nice. You're not, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Um, yeah, she had posted a video after that leak and got viral, saying like basically like you know fuck everybody this down the third like she's this she's she's bad bitch blah 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 like y'all niggas ain't gonna do shit anyway. And then here came the law, bam. Interesting. Oh wait, I forgot I had the perfect soundbite for that. No, I think I deleted it. That's tough. Nope, I got it. FBI, <laughs> yeah, there we go. And it came for her ass. I like that. <laughs> I'm sleep. That's how you come for those capital dudes. <laughs> Anyways. Anyway, so um, great discussion, great discussion. Um, but moving on to to the topic for today. Does anybody want to introduce the topic for today? <laughs> I was looking I for Mike. I was, I was looking for Mike. Too. I was, looking I, for Mike. I, I was watching the. Uh, I was watching the, the thing break. go across the screen. Yeah, it was on the way. Oh uh, yeah, no, I have no problem introducing the topic today. Um, so, so complex topic that we're gonna get into here. Um, because it's a topic that's very relevant to everything that's going on in the past two years with 2020, as far as like the civil rights era movement era. I don't know what we're in right now. Whatever conglomerate that we're in right now, of, yeah. you know, of excess. Um, but so first and foremost, it's. It's very related to a lot of disturbing trends happening in the United States. So first and foremost, we definitely want to mention that uh, horrific, I call all mass shootings domestic terrorist incidents. So I will call this one also a domestic terrorist incident that happened in Atlanta. I'm sure everyone's aware of mm-hmm. <clears throat> with the 20-year-old uh, white man who went to the spa or the several spas. I think it was more like three locations and, mm-hmm. you know, and had an AR-15 and killed uh, multiple people. I think it was eight in total that who, who perished. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, like in total, yeah. six of them were Asian women mm-hmm. um, on top of that. So, of course, that's a horrible story. Um, tragedy, condolences go out to their families as well. And we're, we're still seeing, I think, uh, which is interesting to me, uh, about how, like, very, like, we all remember 2020 and how very politically charged it was <laughs> to live through that whole year um, in the United States, no matter where you were, um, and how that's been carrying over. Um, and leave off, and you see like the consequences of what decisions made by past leadership, and so on and so forth. And so you get, you know, this rise of anti-Asian hate crimes across the country, on top of like the continued fight against the general oppression that you know, as far as our perspective, is three black men for that's put on uh, Africans in the United States too, as well, from the anti anti-black racism um, police brutality movement that started out of the George Floyd uh, murder. Um, as well, and so we want to talk about uh, what modern movements look like, um, and you know what ways that we can kind of like navigate where we are right now and moving forward, um, as well. Mm. And so, you have a first question, Corey? Yeah, I'm excited for this conversation first and foremost. Um, but I think again, so c- condolences, obviously, to to the individuals and their families of of that mass shooting, uh, certainly. But I think one of my questions, and I think one of my questions moving forward now is. As we look at that incident, as we look at just organizations as a whole, as it relates to uh, social issues, um, now we have the George Floyd jury uh, selection process continuing. I believe I don't yes. think it's I don't think it's finished yet. But as we look at Black Lives Matter, as we look at other social organizations, do we feel that these organizations have their message, their 
impact has sort of been diluted over the years. So obviously these all started in an interesting way as more social movements on Twitter, on Instagram, mm-hmm. on Facebook, um, which is a difference from organizations like SNCC and like CORE and organizations that had sort of this brick and mortar presence. But have these organizations and their message sort of become diluted as time has gone on? Um, and there's obviously been less in-person impact due to the coronavirus pandemic. I think significantly it's been reduced, right? Um, and maybe this is just from my unique perspective because I've quote-unquote lived through the Black Lives Matter movement, but what I felt in 2012 with Trayvon Martin and that movement, how it came about, how people were trying to bring about change, just feels very, very different than what I see now. Um, and I think because in the past, Black Lives Matter was just like it, it was quote unquote grassroots, right? You know, they didn't have any money. All they had were like collection of people from diff- different major cities, where it'd be like Ferguson, Baltimore, mm-hmm. Chicago, places in Florida, whatever. We're really trying to get change going to now where you have, you know, everybody, whether white, black, Asian, Indian, whatever, saying black lives matter and not really necessarily contributing to it. And when they do, we don't really see how it matriculates the actual purpose of the movement. Right. So I think one of the big ones is that I don't know if it was Michael Jordan didn't do it directly, but I know he was one of them who donated like a hundred million dollars, like black lives matter and black movements, this, that, and the third and the first thing people ask saying, who's getting that 100 million, right? You know, um, people are still asking. People are still asking. Yeah. Where's the 90 million? That, yeah. yeah, where's the 90 million? Um, and so I think it just become really, really, really diluted. Like, I, I, I feel like this sounds crazy and I don't, it wouldn't necessarily be controversial, but like, I feel like when too many people are just saying the message just to say it, it's, you know, Mike knows the statement. It's GG's, bro. Like, wrap it up. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when you got, you know, white. White folks in Idaho just put, like, maybe. I don't even know people in Idaho like that, so I'm using this as an arbitrary example. Uh, folks in Idaho who just could put a little flag that says Black Lives Matter on their lawn, and that's it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Are we spreading awareness? You know, I think the movement's – I think the movie's already on decline. You know, I think people are trying to save it any way possible. But I think Black Lives Matter has started to get a, a negative connotation, especially with black folks. Um, and I think it just leaves, like, a, a nasty taste in people's mouth. And we'll get to that a little bit later. No, but I think that we should uh, sit here a little bit um, just to unpack a little bit what does modern activism look like and what, it's, what it should mean, you know? Because I think you mentioned a lot of good points here, Stephen, Stephen. Because um, for your, you know, your anecdote about the person in Idaho, because I've seen them, let's see the Black Lives Matter, you know, signs on lawns around where I live um, still to this day. Um, and, you know, and you're saying, like, you know, what, for what point should we count? Are you saying, like, should we count that effort? Because, like, you know. Is it, is it that enough I just, support? I just or, doesn't, don't know what that means. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Right? And I was going to add in, too, like, just even when they were talking about, I think something we haven't talked about yet is, like, digital activism, too, as far as social media is concerned, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I'm sure we saw people posting a lot, a lot of things from last year to this year. Don't get me started at uh, squares, man. I, that. <laughs> I still see them. Uh, I'm dead. Uh, but yeah, but how how that relates to like you know what people do 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 people feel fulfilled? Because like you're right. I mean, hey, we're saying that like you know we didn't do anything, of course. But to some people, it was like you know I you can't tell them you can't you can't tell them that they weren't supporting because they posted that square, they put a hashtag out, they put in their bio or whatever, just that and the third. So they think to them that support on um, that you know making effort and their. <laughs> I hope you had the video to see Steven's face and their hand into making the change. Uh, and as far as that movement went. Which was like the largest 
civil rights movement, I think, maybe in the history of the United States. As far as like the George Probably. Floyd protests that happened yeah. in all 50 states across the country, it was it was wild, but yeah. Yeah, no no doubt. Because um, people got to remember, even with the civil rights movement, like, folks wasn't having civil rights protests in Colorado, bro. That's not happening. They're not doing that in Utah. I don't even know if there's black people in Utah. Yeah, it was sort of isolated. It was definitely They're isolated. They're isolated yeah. in certain southern states and mm-hmm. northern states, and just on the coast, to be honest. Like, you'll get them in your California's. Um, all along the coast, maybe Texas and stuff like that in your southern states. But, you know, and of course, let me not let me not disrespect the Midwest. You'll get them in Chicago, Detroit, Milwaukee, all those too. But once you get to that center of America, the Kansas, Nebraska's, Oklahoma's, um, outside of uh, the the, um, the, what's, uh, the Black Wall Street in Tulsa, Tulsa yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, I, I think you had them, you had them sporadically, right? Yeah. I think it, it yeah. certainly wasn't consistent. Oh, yeah, definitely. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't a, a stamp in history in that regard, yeah. is what I should say. But go ahead, Corey. No, I, I mean, I think I think modern activism, and I always I always wrestle with this, just because the question of what the goal is is always a hard question to an, uh, to answer because it's not as tangible as it was during the civil rights era where mm-hmm. voting was the tangible goal, yeah. where integrated school systems was a tangible goal, where integrated lunch count, like all these things were tangible and sort of, okay, this is the legislation that we need to pass so that X, Y, Z can happen. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, if I'm not mistaken, Black Lives Matter as an organization, um, which is a decentralized organization, which obviously looks a lot different from, again, a SNCC or a CORE, but I'm pretty sure they have a list of uh, – objectives in terms of what they what they want on their website but again very few of those things are tangible Mm -hmm. and so i think the only thing that's tangible potentially is a reparations um either amendment or legislation or, or some form of reparations but that does not seem to be the focus of a lot of marches or a lot of protests as they seem to be, you know, police brutality related, Mm -hmm. right? And and legislation on that is very difficult. It's very difficult. As we've seen. um, As we've seen in in multiple scenarios. I think think that's that's the only one that did come out of it, only tangible, was uh, defunding the police. Mm -hmm. No calls and and, uh, calls to action for that. Um, Yeah. Yeah, some cities did it, some did, but they're still facing retaliation today. And now, and now we've seen, you know, going back to the George Floyd uh, trial, regardless of what happens, and I think we'll, we'll touch on this in a later uh, seg- later later question. But regardless of what happens, there's likely going to be a response, whether yeah. uh, these men are. Uh, found innocent or guilty, or this man, I think, for this one. In, uh, yeah, in I don't think they charged. Just, just particularly the one who had his knee on them. The rest yep. of them were. Um, but I think some of them got charged, but I don't think this is the trial for. No, um, they get, I don't think they got charged for like murder. Exactly. Yeah. So regardless of what ha- what the outcome is, I think there's going to be a response. And I think Minneapolis is one of those places that did defund the police. And yeah, so yeah. now if there is a response, you know, what role will the police play in responding to that? So, like, there's all these questions. So, yes, that was tangible in terms of the dollars from the police department were put in other places. But now that the police department will potentially need to be called in, you know, what will the response be? As the police department is likely smaller, they likely have, they do have less funding, right? So, there's all these questions around what's going on. And so, that's, for me, modern activism. I I wrestle with it. What's the goal? What's the outcome? Because I think, for, for me, a lot of it is mindset shift. The goal is to to change mindsets. The goal is to make people aware. And so if that becomes the goal, would those black squares that Steven, you know, uh, is a huge fan of, uh, said sarcastically, but would would those be doing what they're 
trying to do in terms of spreading awareness, if that's the goal, because the goal is obviously less tangible. I think, well, this is what I feel. It's very, again, yes, it's very difficult to have tangible solutions for these type of things. I think my problem, especially in regards to this question, when I, I feel like it's diluted because people are not coming up, and I want to put the onus on people necessary for the end of, to trying to change individuals who just need to be changed, who need to change on their own, um, are not finding creative ways to either a bring about protesting or pushing about the issues like we've been following the same rubric you know created by dr king and whoever else you want to throw on that list for the last what 70 years like and it worked for dr king because it was innovative no one's ever done it before you know uh and he, especially him and the other people and um, the Southern Congressional Leadership Conference and everything, they knew exactly what type of reactions they would get when they go to certain places, which is why it was extremely effective. Mm-hmm. But white people already know that at this point. You know, us, you know, protesting and upset and making demands, like, everybody's already seen this before. They know how to ignore it. They know how to wait it out. Like, all those tricks are known now. You know, you trying to it's, – it's like, let's say if we play in ball – it's like us playing ball in the, uh, the 1950s with no three-point line. You know what I'm saying? We're not. We're just not changing the game enough for me. And I feel like every like you know something happens, right? Uh, again, let's say there's God forbid, but there's another. It's gonna happen. But there's another George Floyd, right? First thing someone's gonna do is go organize a protest. Why are we organizing a protest? Because it's easier to mobilize. But but why who who are we organizing a protest for? We already done this about a year or two ago. You know exactly what step you need. You need to skip that step and go um, talk to people local. Whatever, or you need to should have been working on getting people in government, this, that, and the third. But we we always start our social processes the same way. And I think that is why it's dying because it's just so easy to numb out. Like, it's so easy to forget. You know, SARS still going on in Nigeria, but people stop talking about it. You know, black folks still dying every day, people stop talking about it because it's, it's such a tiring thing to not only be a part of, but actually do. And it's once people restart the process each time, you're just tired. Like, damn, we just protested for about a month. Now we're on to the next step. Uh, we're talking with local leaders. That takes another whatever amount of time. That can even take years. And now what? You're exhausted. You only went to step two. We didn't even get to step, step three in terms of drafting legislation. We didn't even get to step four of even getting uh, new individuals in those seats. And we get tired, burned out, and then a new thing comes up and we start again at step one instead of continuing where we left off in whatever step we did before. And so that's why I think it's dying, in my opinion. Or it just doesn't just carry. It doesn't carry. I don't want to say it doesn't carry any weight, but it feels like it doesn't carry any weight. What modern activism? Yeah, mm-hmm. it just it's whatever. You can tone it out very easily. Yeah, but I'm off on a, a rant tangent. No, so. I mean, I mean, no, I, 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 I think you made points. I, I was just thinking like how both your points. I'm like, yeah, you both made. Good I mean, I think you made points, but I think you know the social media aspect of it is what people would say is innovative, mm-hmm. right? It's That's never been done before. Yeah. You know, Dr. King, uh, SNCC, they didn't have this ability. SELC, they didn't have this ability to have this sort of mass movement. They had they had to call people. They had to send letters and say, we coming in three weeks. Like, mm-hmm. that's, that's, you know, what they yeah. could do. And now you're sort of able to mobilize, as Mike was saying, hundreds of thousands of people with an email or with, you know, with a post, with yeah. a flyer. And I think, you know, it's innovative in that way, but as you, Stephen, as you were mentioning, it's also easy to pass by. 
right? It's easy to scroll up. It's easy to change the narrative. It's easy to put up the the newest video and, you know, that completely wash out what was said yesterday. Yeah. And so I think that consistency is hard, but I think, you know, both of you were saying, you know, focus on getting people in office, focus on, you know, these larger goals, but, but the time that's required, you know, say, say you're grooming a leader by the time that leader becomes congressman and then becomes Senator, right? There's, there's 10 George Floyd's or there's 10, you know, situations that happen, you know, with the Asian Americans, there's 10 mass shootings, right? Mm -hmm. There's 10 churches that were broken into, right? There, this timetable is, is hard, but also, you know about all of the incidences, which is never before seen, at least not in the way that we see it today, right? Mm-hmm. There's a video of Ahmaud Arbery. There's, like, there's video of all these things where, you know, say something happened in, in Memphis in, in 1960, right? People in Atlanta might not know about it, yeah. right? Say something mm-hmm. happened in Tulsa. People in Birmingham might not know about it. Mm-hmm. Now you know about every single one. And so it feels like, this slow progression is taking so long because there's something else that takes the news. There's something else that takes the news, mm-hmm. but, but that consistency is hard. And I think that's one of the pros and the cons of social media mm-hmm. activism is because while you can mobilize, you can also distract. Yeah. Distract heavily. And there's so much information. So it makes it, it makes it harder Overload. to organize about those, like we're saying, like particular systematic issues that we need to be consistent about changing and meaning about and being active about. Uh, yeah, it's hard. I mean, standing as one man looking at everything, you're like, dang, this is a lot going on. Um, you're not necessarily going to be rewarded for your efforts. I, I tell people all the time, this rewarded for what? <laughs> for the, in like activism? Yeah, and, in general, when you're fighting for something of this, whether it be reparations, equality, like or equity or whatever, like along those same type of lines, people, and I don't think people understand this, right? Which is why they often give up. Is these are thankless positions. Like, no, there's no amount of money, which you wouldn't really get money because it will defeat the purpose. Um, There's no amount of, like, gifts or, you know, gratitude somebody can give that will be worth the amount of, like, if you put the work in and you were, like, let's say successful, like, there's nothing worth that, unfortunately. Like, you know, maybe you get a school named after you or something. Maybe you get a street. Essentially, it's a vow of poverty, right? That's what I'm saying. And so, you know, the reality is Dr. King, I don't think, owned anything in his name. No. I think the SCLC owned at the they, house, they literally the car, owned everything. right? And so we see this challenge. That was the same with uh, Malcolm X. Exactly. And the, the, the same the same way. But I think that commitment is a lot harder nowadays. No, it's, it's a thousand percent harder. Because you, you have to give yourself and expect nothing in return. You know, you have to give yourself for the people. That's that's why I tell people, like, that the level of sacrifice required to get what we want, it's, it's absurd. Yeah. Like, regardless of what it, what it is or should be, it is what it is, and what's required of us as individuals to, for us to get there, it's a lot. Like if for yeah. us to achieve what we want our kids, kids, kids to have, and this is personal opinion, I feel like we have to lay ourselves down. Like you, no, know, you do. You, that's, you know what I'm saying. That's the uh, ticket. You right. know what I'm saying. Like that's the price. Yeah, the price yeah. of the ticket. Exactly. Yeah. Like you know, respectfully, you no. Know, forget happiness. Forget love. Present dreams. Whatever you have. You if you know your end goal is for your third generation ideal society. Yeah, yeah. you got to lay it all down. Forget yourself so they can get that. That's what it costs. But you know, if you're giving that up and nobody else does, what are you doing it for? You know what I'm saying. We're not doing it as a unit. You 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 put everything on the line, Mike. Example. Mike put everything on the line. And he only achieved one percent of the hundred that we need to get there. And he, I want to say, he wasted his life because his efforts are appreciated, quote unquote. But it didn't, it didn't get to where it should be if everybody was doing it. 
So now Mike gave up, gave it up all and got what? He got to school. Oh, yeah, he got to school. <laughs> but, you know, his kids, he did for his kids, 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 and they still in that same situation because everybody didn't put it down. I'm ranting, but, like. I'm sorry. I get, I'm I get a street in every state, like, I'm okay. <laughs> At least one. One school and one street. Exactly. Guaranteed. Every big city. But, no, I'm being facetious. But, no, I, I think I agree with you. I think that, um. It's uh yeah that praise doesn't come with it um you can't and you can't expect everyone to agree with you too which is another tough part um that you know that teaching does come with a lot of this work and lifestyle and wanting to change things because we have a lot of great ideas and a lot of great ideas for solutions but you know people are already you know wired to believe their whatever they're believing right now and their way of living right now so and like Stephen like you're saying they're gonna need a reason to say that this isn't enough even if even if they're just surviving even if they're just getting by even if they're paycheck to paycheck they're still gonna be like I know this though <laughs> you know I know that you know whatever no matter what I believe this is this is my life and I'm gonna I rather stay in this routine than run into some open idea that I have no idea what's going to work out for me, you know? And that's just, that's a tough part too, that, you know, you have to really bang that vision into uh, like people's heads about what's possible, what can, what can be achieved too as well. And I, th- I, forgot. I think you say people don't get paid for it, for activism. Yeah. Uh, we talk about celebrity activism too, which is a whole different thing, but I don't think we have time for that today. Um, but it does go into it about how activism and with, with social media, how all is connected. These people are becoming like, they might've been there and then next, you know, they're, profile or their, their literal social media profile may get thousands of followers whatever you know i was here they post tweets and they're still talking about it and then after a while now you're doing paid speeches now you're doing events now they're on uh on the news and like you know giving whatever their, their opinions on whatever um and now you seem like it's becoming like an industry <laughs> to be an activist um and get all these gigs be this person to come on the talk show and say whatever um well, damn sure publish a book because <laughs> that's that's how you that's number one reason you know um because i think books is the fastest way people try to get profits um i'm gonna publish books Y'all gonna pu- publish books? Yeah, probably someday. I probably will. I don't know. No, not all serious books, but like, I, I might, I might dabble into fiction. You, got, you gonna do one, what's that woman's name, yo? So, um, B Simone. You gonna publish a book like her? Oh uh, no! All right. So, <laughs> <laughs> next to, question. To, to Steven's original question, um, and we could go into the next question after this, but I think yeah. there's there's always just enough. It's sort of like you you dangle a carrot in front of you mm-hmm. know um, a rabbit. There's always there's just enough to distract you from make to entice you from making an impact right you know for the average everyday person there's almost no incentive to as steven said sort of lay it down mm-hmm. right we're we're not quite fully free but we're free enough where disrupting the status quo leaves no incentive right we can we can travel we can take vacations right we're sort of uh, some social mobility, you know, outside yeah. of uh, past economic statuses with as a community, mm-hmm. right? You're able to get a corporate job, go to school. There's just enough to entice you for where disrupting the status quo seems, doesn't seem Burdenful. meaning, exactly, it doesn't seem fruitful. And so now I sort of pose the question, what are the next steps, right? If we know that what we just discussed, the reality, the dangling, the carry, the giving just enough, what are the next steps for, for us? What are the next steps for the generation after us, you know, as we one day bring children into the world? Like, what, what are the next steps? I, I think this has to happen at a community level of where you reside, not on a social media platform. So I'm going to preface my conversation. But, but, but explain the difference. So what, what does a community level entail? That that would entail, and this I might get like a suck teeth or raw eye, but like something on a town, town, like town hall meeting type of level, like people who live in that community mm-hmm. and what is tangible in terms of change, right? Because um, what, what I'm thinking about right now is 
like even just leaning off our conversation, like what needs to change the community and what is everybody's willing to put forward to create that change? Point blank. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Those are, those are first two questions you have to ask. Um, and, be, and, you know, people like to pretend I'll do anything. Okay. $10,000, yo. We need, we need to um, start funding these. Um, we need to be able to call in some PhD person to work with um, school administrators on how to better treat uh, black students or how to interact with kids who have trouble at home and just stand a third. Or we need this amount of money or we need volunteer hours. It's any, any, I'm ready to do anything until we start asking what we need, right? So I think that, that that conversation has to happen first. And I say it has to happen at a town level because me talking about what um, what we should be doing on Twitter with uh, Jack from Chicago doesn't do nothing for me. You know what I'm saying? Because Chicago got its own issues. Chicago got a lot going on. Yeah. Chicago can't help East Hartford. East Hartford can't help Chicago. True. You know what I'm saying? So it happens, has to happen at the town level. Um, and I, I can't, I don't even want to disrespect nobody. Because if you got everybody in, t- in the town to go to a town hall, it would it would never end, of course. Um, but I, I'm always curious to see, like, you know, how many people have ever been to just, like, a, a board of education meeting in a town or a town council meeting or anything of that nature. You know what I'm saying? Like, I understand like even at that local level thing, things are a little bit like niche, like depending on who's in charge this, that, and the third. But yeah. at the end of the day, that's where the conversation is going to be happy. You're not arguing with your, your state representatives on Twitter, which is one of the reasons why <laughs> I understand a little bit why some, uh, what they call it, Gen X's and millennials, like mm-hmm. the early ones don't like social media because it's like you're talking to ourselves. It's oh, like when right. people get mad at UConn, start adding UConn. Like it's not a student running the account. Like you just look stupid. But the conversation needs to be happening in person at places where uh, the progress can be made. So i.e. a town council meeting, a board of educational meeting, or town, your rec, um, town um, sports and recreation. Maybe, you know, y'all need to make some changes in how kids are treated or coaches are talking, whatever. It has to happen there first. What people are willing to, like, What's the problems? What are like the effort people are willing to change that and this, that, and the third? Because if you can't get get past that, there ain't no change going to happen. Period. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe you can get ideas for Twitter how to address these things, right? You know, maybe you know you collaborate with somebody in a neighboring town or some other city, and they like, okay, this is what we did. Y'all try this out. That's cool. But that back and forth, for, like what needs to be done, it's just two different conversations. Y'all live in two different places, two different states, and are two different age groups and have two different lives. Um, your situation is just not going to be the same. Maybe the angle could be the same, but y'all not helping each other talking about it. Um, I feel like I've been ranting all episode. Dang. Hey, you got a lot on your mind. Right. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> now you're all good. Um, I'll just say quickly for next steps. Um, I would say that, you know, in like my like heart of hearts deep down, like, you know, for as far as like advancing humanitarianism, advancing equitable society, you name it, the whole nine yards, I'm for it. I'm for, you know, cross-scale, like, you know, everyone has an equal opportunity, chance, like, access to life, healthcare. Like, I for all that. And I see what we're all talking about. I see the solutions. I see the vision. I want to, just like everyone else, probably around my age group once and younger um, as well. But I think there's, you know, I do a lot of, like, spirit reading my time. And one of my favorite books I've been reading for years, I read it off and on for years, is, like, The Art of War. Um, and it sounds like cliche for a young man to say that, but it's a really good book. It's really interesting um, about, you know, how he, he pretty much, like, Sun Tzu's, Pretty much laying out all the you know the main points for different for different aspects of war and engaging war and your enemy and knowing things, um, as well. And I bring that up for two reasons. One for the first reason is that I think one of the favorite things I read in there is when he said that uh, I think it's about being tactical and like it's pretty much how you engage with like knowledge of your enemy. And this one line he was like, "If you know yourself well, 
but you do not know your enemy at all. Every time you win something, you're, every time you gain a win, you're also going to lose at the same time for not knowing what the enemy is capable of, not knowing what their strengths and weaknesses are, their defenses, what they have plans, you know, and, the full, and like the pretty much the extent of their capabilities um, as well. And so I think um, a common point that we brought up this episode was like, you know, pointing out like, you know, like being unified in like what our angles are and like what we're trying to face. And also even adding like who that quote unquote enemy or that, you know, opposition is in our analysis too, you know? And like, you know, and missing that too. Like, so I'm just laughing at the enemy continue. Yeah, 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 I know how to. <laughs> I try to keep the continuum, um, but you know, but naming who that person is because if we leave that out of our analysis, like we're not really talking about like who's responsible for what's happening. You know, you know, it's easy to say you know police, but like a lot of people have mixed feelings. No matter who you, like, younger to older black people, like a lot of people have mixed feelings about what police are, who they are, and what they're supposed to be in our society. Realistically, if you talk to like people in real life, not everyone thinks the police are different than the police. They just don't. They do think that there are some police are good police. They do think they're needed and stuff like that too. Um, and things that regard and so you know my second point for like bringing all this together um especially with the art of war point is that when we're preparing because i see people all the time if this is a war as far as oppression is going in the united states we've been losing we've been losing for centuries <laughs> like you know yeah. they're not this is not equal footing was it down down terrible down bad you seen last you seen like we all saw last year when people were protesting in the street every day and what did they do I, it's the, the most amazing thing to me because like, they were protesting police brutality and then you, the police from the united states came out and said okay we're going to brutalize you all summer anyway yeah. you know being facetious you know what I mean? like, but they're going to brutalize you all summer anyway and just do what we you know who cares right, like you know you're against us we're against you type of thing and we have the you know the paramilitary gear to do it you know, we they dropped helicopters. They had drones flying around, tracking yeah. people. They were they were found people. They put so many people in jail <laughs> throughout last summer. You know, they just they just did hyper incarceration, excuse me, incarceration last summer um, as well. And so, I think that where we need to, we have to like realize like as much as we love the people from the past and what they did and theories and all this stuff, we are in a new era. We like you said, we do not we don't live. They didn't live with technology. They didn't live with this advancement. They didn't live where we are right now, especially with the global order where it is right now too. Um, as well, with how interconnected we are. Um, there's people younger than us who are who know way more people than we do <laughs> because of social media. You know, they're so like they are, the generation is becoming so globalized so fast that like you know we have to understand like where we are today. So I think that we need to realize that we are on step one. <laughs> we are on ground one, and to to be a step one, you have to realize that like not a lot of people aren't engaging with that reality. You know. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, you know, we have to realize that like they see the world in a certain way, and it's probably the way that whoever's oppressing them wants them to see the world. You know, whether it's you know whether believing the United States is a meritocracy, like you have to work hard to get to where you, you do. You don't get me wrong, but you know, realistically, once you put race in there, you know, we think about you know gender and everything else, or or no gender, you see how difficult that can be, and how those like you know identities moderate that experience too as well. Um, but we have to start at step one, um, and we have to say that we need to define these terms, define these theories, uh, create these schemas, and kind of be willing to engage with people. We we haven't started with the compassion, um, and you know we keep talking about organizing. Or, I'm getting tired of the word organizing, but like we need to have a community first, and no one's going to be organized with someone they don't know or they don't care for, <laughs> like you know. But you have to be able, even if it's through the internet too, like you have to be able to have that compassion uh, to have like start with discussions, and like we, I feel like we want these angles, but we're not. Doing in between work to get no, there that's what I'm to saying. build these, build just these the first thing. That's it. To be, <laughs> like to build these intermediate points. You know, you know, what I'm talking about like just literally like step by step. You know, I, 
I don't know why I was in my head, but I had thought of Franklin brick by brick. You know, like, bro, build this up. Oh, man. <laughs> you brought a snow. Yeah, bro, build this up. You know, break, same thing, though, but build it up um, and but start. Not, but not those kind of bricks. Yeah, <laughs> not those type of bricks. You got to specify the bricks. So. Oh, man. But, yeah, just, just build it all together. And, like, then we'll we'll see the outcomes we'll see. But it's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen after you protest. It's not going to happen because they said we'll meet with you for 30 minutes. They're not going to care. Those meeting minutes aren't coming back to this file. <laughs> like, you know, just keep it realistically. Unless you, unless you have people who are like-minded or have a political platform or political education to make those policy decisions, I can meet, with, hypothetically, I could meet with the mayor of Danbury all I want. I can meet with the mayor of New Haven all I want. You know, he's still going to listen to people that, you know, whose opinions matter more to him at the end of the day, who's not going to move that money because, you know, he got other people or other players, power players telling him that he shouldn't move funding around or whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so I just think that we just got to engage better, know, you know, keep our, you know, whoever we're against in our analysis of, of what's going on because that's how you organize people around systematic, like a system change instead of just by issue, by moment, by murder, you know, all the time. Which mobilization, mobilization is good, but it's not. It's like, like you said, it's not going to get us to the end goal. We're going to be in the streets for the rest of our lives, and they're going to be watching us. You know. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, y'all, y'all brought up. I'm, I'm not going to echo anything that you all said because uh, you made such eloquent points. But ultimately, for me, it's doing a lot of self-examination on what sacrifice you are willing to make, and not over overestimating your activism yeah so ultimately you know we we talk about dr king often right but essentially his team made him who he was right there's sure. there's, there's like this big six gr- gr- yeah and, great and, supporting and cast. of course steven knows the big six right but a lot of people don't know the big six they don't know of the james farmers they don't know of the roy wilkins they don't know of the whitney youngs right they mm-hmm. don't know these folks that were surrounding him but even less so beyond the big six, there were people financing King because King had to pay his mortgage, right? You know, or the, uh, the yeah, SCLC had, had to kids, pay right? the mortgage, you know, yeah. for, had kids. Um, for Malcolm X, the same situation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the nation had to find a way to, to pay for his housing um, at certain points in time. And so I say that to say not that everybody can't be an activist, but I say that to say that there are roles that are all valuable. Right. So saying that you're going to be an activist, but also having the desire to want to make six figures probably doesn't go together because the sacrifice needed to be a full time activist and be out here and be planning Mm -hmm. and be traveling from city to city doesn't typically allow you to have a full time glamorous career. Right. And so I think you just need to to analyze that the person that makes six figures and funds a black lives matter or an NAACP or an urban league, those people are just as important as the main speaker, mm-hmm. right? The people that work from at an educational level and, and talk to children or, you know, high school students and, and sort of recruit them for NAACPs mm-hmm. for urban leagues are just as important as the frontline speaker. And I think we have to do this self-examination and say, I'm going to be the, I'm going to be a worker bee, right? They're like, you know, like a lot of the animal kingdom teaches us that there are these roles that are necessary that not everybody's the leader. Mm -hmm. Some people are the workers. Some people are the ones that, that go get the wood and, and then somebody else builds it and then somebody else presents it out. Right. And so I think we have to do this self-examination It's necessary. Maybe not everybody can go to the teacher, you know, the board of education meetings, Yeah, but whoever that leader is, Allow, allow that person to have done the self-examination and say, I'm willing to make this sacrifice that says, hey, 
I might not be able to go on vacation this year because we got some real stuff going on in, in whatever our town is. Yeah. Right. We got some real stuff going on on the board. So do that self-examination. Don't, you know, say, hey, I'm willing to make this sacrifice if you're not, because that that leads to these continuous transitions of leadership. Because a lot of times they're like, yo, I'm burnt out. I'm sure a lot of the leaders that we had in the past have been felt burnt out. For sure. But this is this is a sacrifice that they did the examination for and said, despite my burnout, I'm gonna find that second gear. Right? I'm gonna find that third gear. Mm-hmm. And and I'm and I'm gonna make it work. So do that self-examination. Some people will just post the black squares. And as much as it might not feel like it's doing anything. I think that awareness is still mm-hmm. important. And if that's what they feel that they can do, mm-hmm. I'd rather them do that than them try to take a cabinet position in whatever civic and organization not and yep. not know what they're doing, get burnt out in the first week. I'd rather mm-hmm. you say, this is what I can do, and this is what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm do that thing consistently. It reminds me of a Kwame Tour. He said that too. You should work with people where they are and give them, let them give what they can give, you know? And that's, and that's okay. Not everyone's going to be you, be the, you know, exactly. the activist at every protest or you know every town hall meeting exactly. um as well um and even another good point too is like we also especially for young our people our age we're like 24 25 so anywhere between 20 early 20s mid late 20s uh early 30s and even younger teenagers too we gotta start building new new company i know we say all the time but like if you can find a way we need to replace things that are for like you know black people african people whether it's in the media services whether it's you know funeral service, like, it doesn't matter what it is uh restaurants you name it but like Black ownership and like how we relate to our material is so principal and like it's, it matters a lot, like a lot to what's going on and how we can like or like even find ways to give people more resources so they can have more time off so that they can participate more so they can not even just in like you know mobilization but also in like just uh civically <laughs> just be able to show up to the like you said like y'all said to the school the uh, school board meetings and things of that nature um it's, it's just more helpful for that too as well and and learn too right I think you know. Mike said, sometimes we, we don't necessarily need to build a new, but sometimes we simply need to replace. Mm-hmm. And that can mean replacing the the town NAACP board, right? Yeah. You get a group of five of your friends, y'all like 28, 30, whatever. Y'all say, yeah, we're going we gonna to run for all these offices. But if you didn't at least learn something from the active board, then you coming to take over doesn't necessarily benefit. Mm-hmm. It hurts you. Yeah. It, it hurts you because you think you think you know but you don't know anybody in the community. You don't got nobody to call. You don't know how to fundraise. You don't know how to plan events. So, you know, I think Mike made a great point, but I think the point I would mm-hmm. say before you do that mm-hmm. is to to learn from the ones there and see what they did right. Because a lot of times the things that they did wrong are there, but they did so many things right in order to keep the organization going that you have to incorporate both sides of the coin. Yeah, I'll just close off this because this is a great conversation. I'll close off with a quote by uh, Gil Scott Heron, another favorite quote of mine. Um, he said that if you're going to speak for the people, then you should know enough to teach the people too mm. at the same time. Mm. And there you go. Drop something. Let me see this. My man. If you, if you want to know where that's from, go listen to Message to the Messengers. Uh, he was talking to a hip hop artist. There we go. Pop Savant, Michael Reed. Nice. <laughs> and Mike Mike got the question for today too, right? He does have the question. Uh, table talk, keep submitting questions, mm-hmm. IG. Uh, we might have to open up a Google form maybe or something. Maybe yeah. we could. Um, quick doc. At yeah. AD Convos, again, make sure you submit your questions. Uh, you know that they're coming, so even if we don't post, you know, slide into DMs, um, hit us with questions. Yeah, so this week's question is in regards to Mike, uh, one of our friends. Oh, look at that. 
serves. I just lost the question. Um, so ultimately, the question was for Mike, uh, what led you to get into writing and sort of what inspires you? Mm-hmm. Um, because we keep this segment anonymous, I'm not going to mention who it is, but I know who it is. A great friend of mine, and we met um, in undergrad um, as well, and we had classes together. And so shout out to that person for sending this question in. Um, so I would say what inspired me to write, uh, I think I mentioned earlier on the podcast for our uh, oh yeah, side note, I'm answer this question, but we need a name for our audience too. We what what, what are they? People turning. We're gonna talk about it. We don't want to do got the bars. Megan got the hotties. Like what we got? Like you know. Megan still got hotties. Yeah. All right, Mike. Answer oh, yeah. the question. question. I'm just saying we need a name for audience. All right. right. Now we're gonna talk about it. Yeah. No. So I was, if you listen earlier, but I was inspired by hip hop. Um, that was the number one thing that inspired me to be even a writer, a poet, you name it. That was uh, way when I was younger. Um, shout out to Kanye West. Shout out to Lil Wayne. Those the first two I'll ever remember in my life. I was like. And day in and day out, I was listening to their music. I just like the way they express themselves, their ideas, their mind, but also their emotion, too. And also that they were men being open about things they went, even if they didn't write their own lyrics, but, like, they, just, they were expressive about things they went to, went through, um, how they came about, and, like, who they were as a person as well. And I just, that meant a lot to me. I was, like, what, six years, seven years old? I think I was in second grade. <laughs> and I think, you know, that was the first time. I was like, oh, I want to be a rapper. I like the way, I like to make music and, you know, sound and express myself in this type of way. Uh, and make it more poetic too at the same time as well but as i got older i just of course i mentioned even this episode i read a lot um but i read a lot a lot of my inspiration comes from um currently a lot of philosophy philosophy writers um from different subfields of philosophy um or religious texts too at the same time and so i spend a lot of my time reading books like that and so yes even like the art of war like i mentioned earlier i still read, i pick it up here and there and just read a page or two or something i'm interested in sometimes my mind flows over to it you know flows over to it um as well but you know being the english major that i was i might read paradise laws i love reading paradise so like a lot it caught me when i was in high school i just like the book um i like the story <laughs> about um how he really uh, perspective um not only the historical perspective of it but also like the religious perspective of it um and also i might read just other philosophy stuff because i like the way um i like the way that they construct arguments and how they start to finish and how they'll fill a whole like world of different angles and perspectives and <laughs> citations and stories and they make this one cohesive argument by bringing you through this like different world of like you know situations and scenarios and understanding and theories all at the same time and, and then make it this like one end product and that's maybe one chapter within their book um, as well, and you know, I read stuff on like identity stuff. I read shit like whatever, <laughs> like stuff, like stuff like that. Very metaphysical. I'm just one of those type of people. Very, very abstract, existential stuff like that. And that's what keeps my writing going. Um, I have great advice. Hold on, give me one second. I look at the author's name. You good? I'm the black author. Table yeah. talk. We're gonna have to do um eighty combos. Uh, read soon. <laughs> Are we doing a book club? I mean, once dudes graduate. Give me, give me some time. So, uh, yes, five I mean, years. <laughs> Colson Whitehead. That's his name. Colson Whitehead. He wrote The Underground Railroad, and he also wrote The Nickel Boys. Uh, I think he won a Nobel Prize for literature for both. Um, and he said that, he told me the best advice I heard was that you should keep reading to figure out the writer you want to be. You should keep writing to figure out the writer who you, the, the, the writer that you really are. I'm mad if I'm with the quote because he told me a person. Um, and that is something that always stuck with me. So that's what keeps my writing motivation going. Man, that's dope. Word. I like it. We can table talk. So keep sending questions. Thank you for the questions. And, and yes, you can you can continue to direct questions at one of us or actually genuinely. Um, and we'll do our best to incorporate as many as we can. Absolutely. 
Um, that brings us to plug a plug. Um, so plug a plug for this week. Uh, the business I want to shout out today is out of Waterbury, Connecticut. Um, the business is called Exquisite Flavors. Um, all your cooking and catering needs. Um, so I'm looking through the page now. Um, and it looks amazing. So make sure y'all check that out. Um, Exquisite Flavors. Uh out of Waterbury, Connecticut, all your cooking and catering needs. So find them on Instagram at Exquisite Flavors CT. Again, Exquisite Flavors CT on Instagram. That's dope. Uh, thank you, Corey, for that. Segway, final segment. You ain't no time to this. <laughs> Pass to Ox Brothers, who's taking the lead. I'll take the lead. Oh, you got um, it? Okay. Um, this is an older song, but um, it's still a really good song. So my song this week is titled 9 to 5, featuring Freddie Gibbs and Teddy Andreas by Adam Snow. For me, the, the saddest thing when I see young people that have already, like, given in, yeah, I'm like, that's the time you fight. That's the time that you should try and fail and try again and then it's like when you get old you're like at least i tried didn't work out you know so i said look man i'm gonna go for it and if i end up broke or poor or whatever then fuck it, you know at least i tried you know empty stomach with a full clip different day but i proceed to repeat with the bullshit nine to five it don't pay the rent sick and tired let's go get it lit get it lit punish up the brick put me in the mix really cause it's smoked up on my street put me in the twist Fuck them niggas on these hollow tips. I forgive them, but I can't forget. Can't forget. BBS is all that I'm fixing. And my piece is dripping water. Hot Titanic, my necklace. Got a room at the Four Seasons. Fuck them hoes at the Westin. Hot the rolling with the papers playing. They know the dress. Hold the dress. Smoking Dodi Dodi in a box. Throwing things at the rental cops. Hunting things in this rental car. Mama said the stove will get you paid, but it won't get you far. Empty stomach with a full clip. Nine to five, you don't pay the rent. Sick and tired, let's go get a lit, get a lit. Honey, ship the brick, put me in the mix. Really, cause I smoked up on my seat, put me in a twist. Fuck them niggas on these hollow tips. I forgive them, but I can't forget. Uh, grams exfoliate to shake, friends molded into snakes. Stay camp side hustles, pushing mine away. Pray on the route, flowing polo collars, berry rockers. Their mama send them cash for books that I'm joking as profit. The green goblin, ganja got me high as a cockpit. Seats en route to Miami, Florida Like Dan Lebertard, I'm analyzing the sport of rap Instead of competing, y'all keeping relations intact Draped in all black like a bat out of hell Eviction letters had me working calculators and scales My failed efforts of passing drug tests Led to backing up powder like meal prepping Weight on my shoulders, had to deadlift Commanded by diehard fans packing out venues My brother pack a 38 special next to his pelvis In case you trying to end this dynasty thing twice I like that one yeah, That was dope Cool calm vibe all right, I'll go next. Um, so for me, I think I did this artist before. I don't remember. You but, did. Um, so yeah, make sure y'all go. <laughs> make sure y'all go check out Coda the Friend. No, you did it, but he was featured. He was featured. Yeah, yeah I don't okay. think I did his own song, but Coda the Friend. He does shorter songs, so this is a shorter song. But check him out, Coda the Friend. Uh, the song is called Two Hundred Dollars.
city gentrified My condo cost me almost a million cent a stop Really, I just wanna live simple And get a crib out in Jersey And pay like $200 and take my time But I gotta grind Money be calling me on my line I'm a fucking wreck You only getting me at my best I got heart though One of them niggas without a barcode Demon Slayer used to be drinking Until the bar closed Trying to control the drama and damage I done I find it tougher to juggle dollars And family love I used to look into the mirror Like I can't be a bum And be a baby daddy Women gon' be scared of me, bruh I fly away to Cali just for the weather Women in jet skis Always thank God for all the ways that he blessed me And every time that he gave me clarity on some life shit Kept me fighting through the crisis Hit the lights, which I'm not blind In fact, I see everything The puppeteer's hands, the backdrop, and the set of strings All I really want is to walk around with a wedding ring And own a home with porches and grass growing forever green Dinner with the family, then pound cake and vanilla bean Pops told me never see something and other never me I'ma buy your cash and put some money in escrow Smile in the air when I get home Like, let's go That was a quick song That's what I'm saying I told you it was short Before you like short songs, that's crazy uh, But Coded a Friend um, The song is called $200 So make sure you, I think it's an off a new project So make sure you go check out that new project well, That's dope Um, Yeah, man uh, I'm gonna just sing I said sing You about to sing? No, I'm gonna swing <laughs> Right into this, yo This is a uh, Make It Home featuring Kenny Sway by Jim Jones and one of my favorite producers, Harry Fraud. Fraud featuring Kenny. Shout out to them. Dope song. Dope lives. Look at that. Episode 52 is in the books after the conversation. This has been an amazing conversation. I'm so glad I pulled up um, to do this today. So I'm super excited. Uh, big things coming in the works as the weather gets warmer. Um, we can't plan today because I got to go. Um, but we're going to talk about planning. But again, make sure you like, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. Comment, comment, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. You can't say you listen on Spotify because we got the data. Um, <laughs> but again, thank you so much for listening. Uh, 
Continue to submit questions at AD Combos. Follow us on Instagram. But with that, man, stay safe. Enjoy the weather. Um, wherever you are, I know some sun is shining. So, peace. Love. Station.